Hey, hey, Rambo. Hello. How's it going? It's all right. It's going well. Uh, well, I I was just looking on your Twitter because I was sending you the link and you just posted something that <laughs> made me go, hmm. You said, T does time go quicker as you get older or has time always been speeding up? Just getting faster and faster. <laughs> so what prompted that tweet? That I mean, that was like I was just sat here talking. <laughs> I was just yeah. sat here talking and we were talking about how fast the days are going. Like with my dad, it was. We were talking about how quick the days are going. It's like just, I feel like I've only just woke up and it's nearly time to go to bed. It's getting yeah. seems to get faster and faster. Do you it, feel like you're losing, like? And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling time's just going quick. Yeah, really quick. It's a. We've been hearing people talk about this. I feel like in 2020 things slowed down. We all kind of felt a little bit of almost like a pause button. Time seemed to stand still, and then as it's ramping back up it's like zoop, like going forward. into hype. yeah That's, it's like going into it kind of feels like it is and i feel like it's for now times i feel like it's speeding up to get to now Ooh, to this x point to this where, we are what, now. where we're at now yeah, yeah like it's a crazy world <laughs> the the days after the jubilee maybe the jubilee was like the final the like <laughs> the d-day or the final the <laughs> The end of some era of some yeah, relationship it, with time. It is interesting to think about though, isn't it? Like when you think about like people when you was young and when you think about say an older person, they seemed really old back then. And then now when you look at say a 55, 60 year old, they're not, they don't look that old. Yeah. When I look through old yearbooks, like my dad's high school yearbook, Every per, every man, every boy in there looks like a man, like full on <laughs> facial hair. The I mean, uh, yeah, it could be the hairstyles and the styling, but all the ladies look like they're in their mid forties and are already librarians. You know, like so, there's a look. There's an older. I was thinking, look. like, was they here for that many years, but lived longer? Do you know what I mean? So a fifty-five year old twenty years ago lived the same age, fifty-five. Right, but time but passed has been here more time. Yeah, right. I do wonder that. I also wonder, yeah, I wonder if the, our relationship with time has, has been manipulated or changed in such a way that 10 years now is, is entirely different than what we would have understood stood 10 years to be previously. And so our, our annual age is, is being counted X, you know, one, two, three, four, but yeah. our actual physical age how much our body is aging is way more it's different and so that's why people looked like they were 40 when they were 18 and you know back in the day well they say what did he say 60 is the new 40. <laughs> you know i i kind of i believe that i mean i i can see that i can see that looking around i mean i've got a picture on my desk of my of my grandma and she has always looked like a like an old lady always my entire life she has looked like an old lady and and then i and then i think about how old she was in that picture she might have been 58 maybe 60 in, in that photo maybe even younger but when i look at 58 year old 60 year old women now they don't look anything like that they do not look like old ladies like that you don't start looking like an old lady until like 70 80 i don't know there is something there's there's definitely something well i kind of notice it too when i go to like sleepy old towns like a really small town everybody kind of looks old i don't know that's such a good question that's such an interesting question i do think we're living better i think we're living 
in a way, I don't know, maybe as much as pharmaceutical industry, who needs them? But like maybe people are living a little healthier. Maybe they're living different. Well, I don't know because I kind of think of like, the food now they didn't have as well they did probably have gmos as much as they do now but there's like the sugar and stuff people have now it's just like more than right. it was we then. should be dropping dead like flies <laughs> we should be dead with and i've seen a little thing before about like talking about this like before baby formula right mm. what did they do oh this is such an interesting interesting topic because we're having the baby formula shortage. Yeah, Are you guys having that over there? Is that over there as well? No, I've not seen much, but I've seen it popping up on a few of your yeah. like, news outlets. So like, yeah, so it's what did they do? And do you know who made baby formula? We, we, do you know who made baby who? formula? Who made the original baby formula? The chemists, the same people who make the mirror, Justice Van Liebig. What? Justice Von made, Liebig, inventor of the mirror. Mate, uh, yeah also that's created right. baby formula and Holy patented shit. it despite Holy it says guacamole. despite all the evidence of harm to humans of from non-human milk you know justice von liebig this is his second it's a chemist it's actually a chemist yeah that's what the it's he crazy invented the mirror how could you do both it's uh -huh. just a bit weird it's a bit of a strange combo do you know what i mean i thought that i was like how could it be two that's like, very interesting two different completely different things do you know you know someone will say oh he must have just been really smart he was and, doing uh, all these things but it makes me wonder like you know i think they invent characters and then just you know they need reasons for these things to exist you know how, but like was what like now like kids are born on it aren't they most kids yeah. most mums just go they are there's get them on formula I was on formula do you know what I mean and is it because it's easier to do that's what I was thinking is it because it's just easier I don't know do makes me wonder you know I've always kind of been of the mindset that whatever we do naturally is best probably like, the right probably thing probably to do best. yeah but I'm probably not to diminish any person who does formula. I was, I had formula. I, I went through a whole slew of everything, but I finally had to settle on uh, goat's milk for me because uh, many formulas are actually based on cow's milk as well. And I was allergic to cow's milk and I was allergic to mother's milk. And so they finally had to get goat's milk for me. Um, anyway, it's kind of, kind of a weird story, but I do think that there's like a, there's a weird, this is a very polarizing issue a very polarizing issue there's a lot of shame around mothers who choose to do either way choose to breastfeed or choose to yeah. go the formula route or i'm not even i'm not sure if you can but supplement before like, formula, sure like people still obviously live in do you know right there, from it's... what i understand there was a wet there was like the idea concept of wet nurse and this was a woman who was uh postpartum uh, who was making, I mean, she'd already had a baby and she was making milk and she would be kind of like the milk factory for the, for many babies. Like babies didn't always just drink their mother's milk. There were women that were designated as the milkers and the baby. And so a mother not necessarily would do her own milk. She might just choose to give the baby to the, uh, the nursemaid and that nursemaid could be feeding 
50 babies in the neighborhood. I don't, I, I, and they would, there's all these tricks to like prolong your milk production. And um, yeah. Ooh. So what are, I was thinking though, is it, is, I, I don't do think people, history goes back that far. do it because I it's easier. Think, so yeah. say like, yeah, so then we've only ever known form, formula, haven't we? You know? Yeah, okay, so Justice von Liebig invented formula in 1865. 67. Oh, 65. Yeah, 18. Well, the 18. One. Then the again, 18, Google just This one up, says so. 1860. Okay, so there's, it's all over the place. <laughs> They're not quite. This one says 1865. It's kind of all over the place. Um, and then another one that says 1860. But this kind of correlates with my theory that the 1800s is kind of our starting framework for everything because yeah, there's nothing things. before then <laughs> so then nobody done nothing like when did he millions of years cavemen if no one invented anything until like 1800s really yeah <laughs> and then uh justice von liebig invented the mirror in 1835 the strange there's combo about don't you think the Baby formula. That's a Leibig, very strange you know, combination. Oh, what? Well, I'm done with my mirror. Let me go tink. T- let me go fiddle with yeah, condense how we some feed our milk. babies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this goes to the question of infant mortality. Apparently, babies just died all the time back in the day. And then I think, like, okay, where are all oh, the baby graves? Then you like, have to where think. Where are all those dead babies? Like, we would be coming up against baby graves all the time, and we don't. Like, what an- What other animal has a formula of another animal? Like, Zero. No, another animal would other just than the, do it other itself, than the zoos. You know I mean? Other than zoos. Yeah, where other they, than zoos. Where they feed. Oh, and that's interesting. Um, can, like, a, can a cat nurse on a, on a dog? Like, can a kitten suckle on... The teat of a of a of a dog mom and still get nourishment. I think so. I think. But I would think they? So. Pfft, fuck no. 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 <laughs> no. That's well, the thing. I so seen, like, I have like seen things where like a, just... a duck thinks something's its mom because it, it like a ba- like a bird imprints very early and thinks like the duck's its mom or, or uh, interspecies imprinting. <sighs> Leo, where are you? We need you. We need you on this episode. We need you to talk animals with us. Earth to Leo. <laughs> I don't know. This is an interesting. This is an interesting. Another concept. thought. Another another thought. Like I say now, if it did make it easier and it kind of convinced people, then maybe it comes from the generation before that was also on. Um, what do you think formula. happens when we nurse? Do you know that, and it, that's when things changed. Do you know, and I think if it's easier. That's how the kind of apples kind of move. Everything, the easier it gets, the more kind of you just go with the flow. Do you know this? Adoption. Adoption gets easy. so much easier to do. Like we don't even think about it. With anything like, oh, like, like goes, yeah. we were saying the other week, our phones, just mm-hmm. everything is just easy to do. Do you know? Yeah. Easy, easier to can just conform, aren't you really? The easy all road easy. is <laughs> yeah. not always it's the all right road. Seems easy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, okay. So let's lay it out just with what we're told. Here's, I'm not saying that this is correct, but here's what we're told. Breast milk does a couple of things, um, mainly passing on immunities. So they, you know, so they say like there's immunities that the mother possesses over her lifetime. We gain immunity to certain things, uh, allergies, immunity to certain allergy. Anyway, whatever the mother, whatever her body possesses as far as um, a shield against outward entities, whatever, you know, immunity, 
that can be passed on to the nursing child. And so that's kind of heralded as one of the, the key the key reasons that we should nurse is so we can pass along our by our, our our genetics. There's some there's some coded things in there, um, immunities that get co- that get passed along through the breast milk itself. They also say, and I could totally understand this, but you know, it's a it's a bonding it's a bonding time. The baby is so close to the heartbeat. It's it's skin to skin. It's a lot of you know. There's a lot of eye contact that happens when you're nursing a child. Not saying that none of this stuff can be done with a bottle. Like you can do skin on skin. You can make eye contact. You can do all these things if you're holding a bottle versus popping out your breasticle. You know, there's whatever. You know, you can you can do you can kind of mimic all of those things. I don't necessarily know how formula could pass along immunity, but that goes to even the conversation of like- What if it what, does? What if it does? Yeah, what, what I, I <laughs> like to think- And we're taking in like the this kind of- I think formula's fine, you know, everyone's- Herd mentality. <laughs> That's where we get it from, formula what milk. What if formula <laughs> actually breaks the programming because you're not taking in that that uh that spe- that mil- oh what if it's not immunity maybe what if ooh that's interesting and so they actually vilify they make it seem bad they make formula seem bad so that you think that breast milk is the way to go when in reality formula could be what's like breaking this chain of of, of programming and uh i don't know well i mean i i i took I didn't do the breast milk because I, I just couldn't. I was I was allergic to it, and I turned out fine. I turned out just that's fine. It, yeah. I mean, I'm weird it. as it's hell, the, but <laughs> something to something to think about in it. You know, it is something to think about. I would I would like uh, it, maybe this could be like a Discord discussion on the health on the health channel. Um, I'm not a mom. I'm really not the one to d- to talk about this. All I know is my experience as a as a young little baby. I had to try a bunch of different things because I was just not taking any of it. And uh, for whatever reason, goat's milk was my jam. But um, I would like to know if anybody out there, like, there's a, there's a really weird amount of shame around this choice, an extraordinary amount of shame around this choice. And now in the United States with the, with the, uh, the, the. How did they have a shortage? Is it, uh, I read something it like the main manufacturer, factory is um, 40% of the supplies from one place. Oh, a single one. You know, I love it. I love it when our supply chain is illuminated in this way. And it all kind of goes, everything always kind of goes to one place. We think the engine is is vast. We think that mechanisms are vast and there must be baby formula people all over creating formula and all this stuff. But there's, because it's so ubiquitous, baby formula is everywhere and baby formula, you know, so many people encounter that in their life. And so there must be like multiple purveyors and providers. Or are they letting everyone panic for it? And it's just a panic thing. Mock, a mocking saying, they could you know what's do it themselves and they st- is <laughs> I've never about seen it. them empty. You know? <laughs> I've never seen the shelves actually empty. Sparse, uh, you know, sparse. And I haven't in all this time. Kind of, really I've been seen. checking. I've been checking. I've been making a point whenever I go shopping. I've been, there's really no reason for me to be going down the baby aisle, but I, I have made a point to go check it out. And it's never empty. It's always, you know, picked over, but there's always at least a few, a few there. And which makes me think, and it's like, this is, like, why haven't I ever come upon an empty shelf yet? 
you know? Like, why do I always happen upon it and there's always... It just makes me think that they... Like, the supply is just being manipulated to... You can get it if you want Everything's so expensive over here at the minute. It's ridiculous. Everything is is just double the price, pretty much. Yeah. Inflation is absolutely out of control. Not too many things scare me. You know, I don't get I don't get startled, but the runaway freight train that we know as our economic system is a little unsettling, I would say. It's you know there are there are stories in this world of countries that go through these hyperinflation periods and people are just burning cash to stay warm because it's 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 worthless. And so they just they run out of firewood and so they burn their cash because I don't know if those are hypocritical stories, if that's like just a fiction of history to make us always believe that we could be on the brink. But I know that like Venezuela and I mean, Cuba went through this. I know that there are certain countries where their currency simply collapses. I know that in during when the cold in the Cold War, when the when the wall fell and they had to kind of absorb what would you, from like the east and the west what were you gonna say what would you trade what would you trade if you had if there was no cash tomorrow what, what, what would, would you... i trade um that's just grow insight. something on <laughs> that's how it would be would it like you just trade that that's how it should should have or would have been in the past would it? i you think know? in a perfect world we all do for money you would what... have just traded you skills you'd all skill. know your skills yeah. you could all be sat on a talent and you don't even know it <laughs> You know, I do believe a, that every single person, every single human being has a treasure been chest distracted inside of them. from it, yeah. Yeah, that's actually from the book that you got me on, The Power of the, of the Subconscious Mind. The treasure, there in, inside of each one of us is a treasure chest just waiting to be opened. And that is when we follow our heart's desire. Like we can, we can actually make a profession out of what, sets our sales we really can we could i mean we're at the very ground level of this grand experiment for ourselves but i would love i would love to one day sustain myself on doing this doing realize radio human vibration stuff i would i would love that write books and continue podcasting and and all that would require is me continuing to do what i love i have a i didn't choose this i didn't choose to think (laughs) weird to have this kind of mind but um i would love to be i think that i think that my mind is kind of my realize, special realize. skill you realize realize and i do th- you know like back in the day there you would follow your heart's pursuit if you would become a baker or you would become a craftsman you would become a carpenter blacksmith you would you would and then you would and then if you really had a desire in that when you were younger, you would apprentice in that field as well. So you would learn from someone who was doing exactly that. There was no kind of frivolity with that. You just were tasked with understanding what you want to do and then given the opportunity to pursue that. And then from there could be your profession. And what I think is so interesting, you know, we're talking about the history of time or the, 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 when time actually started, and speaking of professions and doing what you love, like back in the day, not that long ago, 1800s, if you were a baker, your last name was Baker. If you were a blacksmith, your last name was Smith. Like if you, it, it, there's the no one even 200 years old to prove us that it was it, that it's even not that a one, old, you know? <laughs> not a one. 
I kind of think that there was just we all. I mean, everybody's There's heard this pasta. Before, it's just tales, really. Yeah. It's stories. Bedtime stories. Bedtime stories That's to keep us asleep. Mm-hmm. So Joe, what Joe? What happened here the other day? It was just a what? funny one that I pointed out. It's nothing major, but does there's this crappy TV program called Britain's Got Talent? Have you ever seen? And they have like oh, well, an agenda America's pushing. Got talent, but yeah, yeah. Oh, was that the one that Susan Boyle winner every year? Wait, wait okay, was that yeah, the one yeah, where so Susan like, Boyle? Yeah, Susan Boyle. <laughs> Season, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, and <sighs> last year some guy won it singing a COVID song, like about COVID. What? And then this year, this comedian won it, right? And it's all of oh. everyone's like shots that he won it. And it's in the year. I said to me, that isn't that funny how he's won this when it, we've had Chris Rock getting slapped and on stage. Then we've had the Chappelle getting attacked on stage. And then he's won it, right? And then the next <gasps> day it announced Chris Rock. And Dave Chappelle are doing a joint um, performance in the O2 London. So oh. he's obviously going to join them. That's yes. like, like a, a, he's definitely going to join. That, that was like announced like the next day. Huh. Dave was then going to be in the O2 London Ooh. as a joint act. This kind of, okay. So com- what are comedians? They are modern day court jesters. Entertain the king entertain the the gallery you know they're gonna and push this guy up he's called he's he's good i bet you they bring him on he's called axel blake axel blake axel that's an axel's an interesting word mm. it's this it's uh basically how a wheel you can't have a wheel a wheel contraption without an axel hmm what if he is, if he's on stage is he, that, with is them, he it funny shows is he funny did he have funny jokes no. what do you mean like what, I, what, i've what never laughed at a comedian in my life really <laughs> like really? I, i've never yeah i've never like liked i've never like found them funny do you know, when i'm watching oh, them on stage I and that i've been and seen a couple oh my gosh quick story when i was in college this kind of ages me but when i was in college it was before ipods iphones and i it was the dawn of the mp3 player and you could get these like dinky little, dinky little MP3 players, and you would have to like load them up uh, yourself, like song by song, and you couldn't really see anything. You couldn't really see what the what the player. Anyway, they were like really rudimentary, and it was you could like fit two things on there, two audio files, and I would find these old comic acts, like Jerry Seinfeld's original stand-up comedian, com- uh, Robin Williams. Um, a lot of the Richard Pryor, I, for some reason, I was obsessed with just listening to these, to the early acts of these comedians. And I, that's, I would load my little MP3 player with, you know, 20 minutes of audio that I could. It was so, it's so silly how much, how little you could put on there, but something about it, something about, I love comedians and I love comedy. I, I, I like laugh, laugh at comedy. I like comedy, but I just don't laugh. I've never laughed at a stand-up comedian on a stage or like on the it's kinda cringy. comedy channels or anything <laughs> like that. It's kind of cringy sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I used to. I love. I love going to comedy shows. I love comedians. Mmm. I always, you know, if if I could pick one other thing, I I think I'm hilarious. Most most people may not agree, but I've always <laughs> thought I was funny, and I. I <laughs> Okay, I'm probably, I might delete that out. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say next. But um, <laughs> I've always, there, there is something, there, I think there is something really magical about laughter. Well, okay, I will say this. I, I did find a power in making people laugh when I was younger. I never really fit in. 
I was always kind of weird, obviously. But then I kind of had this desire to fit in. I, I really wanted to in middle school. I wanted to be popular. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be, I really wanted to fit in. It never quite worked, but I did find that my angle in was making people laugh. If I could make people laugh, they would like me. And that was like the only thing that I could figure out to do that to make people like me. And so I really, really tried to use that as a tool to get in. I don't know. There, there's, a, there is a, there's a, there's a power to being able to, because if you can make someone laugh, you're touching something deep inside of them. You're basically saying, I see you. I understand you. I know what's going to, to bring out this jubilance inside of you. There's something, there's something about, there's a communication. It's a higher level of communication, I think, humor. Good energy. It's a good energy. It's, and I think they say laughter is the best medicine. I couldn't agree more. I really couldn't agree more. I think that there is something resonant that happens in our body, something powerful when we have a genuine, when we genuinely laugh. When you laugh. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a vibration. There's an uplifting force, an uplifting element. I, I do think that, I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe one day they'll discover that laughter is the cure to cancer <laughs> or just a good humor, you know, a good, a good sense of humor. And I mean, we deal with some really weird, dark, big, big topics. And I think that we do, we try to do it with a little bit of levity because this stuff can get kind of, kind of um, overwhelming. You know, oh, when, yeah. we're, when you yeah. when you kind of realize that nothing in your life <laughs> truly is everything they've told us it's that is real and important. Having conversations in real life, in it, you know, you can't you can't really you can't really talk about. That's the hardest part: the isolation, the isolating feeling. You kind of can't. You can. You can, but you can't. You have to like. I kind of like. Oh, guess what? I'm doing an experiment this weekend. Okay, I'm going to Austin. So people in Dallas, they don't know I'm human vibration. Like anybody in the street, if I meet them, like nobody knows. I have never told anybody that I do this. Like I don't, I don't meet strangers unless it's a vibe tribe meetup and I, and I'm like, oh, you're here for me or whatever. Like, yes, I'm human vibration. But I've never, ever, ever told anyone just out on the street or out of you know, sometimes I'll have high level conversations, but like I never reveal that I'm human vibration just because I'm a, like, I, I don't, I'm, a, I'm, I don't want them to think that I'm a freak. I am a freak, but I don't want everybody to know that at the, at the, <laughs> at the outset. But okay. So my experiment is I'm going to Austin this weekend, which is known for being weird. Their whole city tagline is keep Austin weird. It's a couple hours from Dallas, but it is basically a different universe. And I'm going for, there's a crypto conference, a crypto, crypto i'm not actually going to the conference but i'm just going down there just to be in the area and be but if i'm going to practice introducing myself as human vibration everyone i meet everyone i meet i'm just going to because I, I don't care like who cares who cares if they get on my page and go she doesn't think george floyd's real what an idiot you know i, I don't care i don't care these are just going to be passing way to be that Best and I'm going to, to I've never been, I've never felt free to do that before, but I'm going to try that this weekend and I'm going to see what happens. I'm going to, oh, and I, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go to like a few free events of the crypto conference. It's like a thousand dollars to actually register and be a part of it. And I have no really interest in crypto, but, um, I'm going with some, died on it. It definitely what died. Happened? I'm like, this is a weird time to have a conference, but, um, I'm going with some people that are really into it. And I was like, I'll tag along and I'll do my own thing. Like you guys go to the conference. I'm going to go to Barton Springs and hop in the, the natural pool, which is amazing. Or I'm going to go for a hike and you guys do your thing. I'll do my thing. 
but I am going to go to a couple of events. And one of the events is like NFT art. And I submitted, uh, I don't really show it. I, I don't really ever show it, but I, I do some digital art as human vibration. Um, and I've got like a few pieces that I've had, that I've created and they, they are NFTs and I NFTs. submitted, I submitted some of my art for this NFT art gallery and uh, I'm going to see if they project it. I'm going to see if they choose it. So I think that's all I get tagged in on Twitter nowadays. Do you get, I get tagged in NFT trains every time yeah, I want, every day. I get tagged in them too. <laughs> I don't necessarily understand. Um, the NFT is so interesting. Joey knows about NFTs. Well, okay. So blockchain technology actually has some really incredible applications in general. Like NFT art is built on the blockchain. It's a way to, to, prove or to singular make a singular uh, owner of a specific thing and then that can be tracked over time and then they can um it's basically a record of ownership a public record of ownership of any thing and any other changes or interactions that happens with that ownership are, are are recorded it's all very it's it's open and automatic okay well people are like well i can just right click on an image i can just right click on that nft save it to my desktop and now i have that nft yeah Totally. Like you, it, it's, it doesn't really work well for digital art because there's obviously so many workarounds. I could, I could, this million dollar board ape NFT or whatever, I could just save it on my desktop if I wanted. I could put it on, I could use it on, as a wallpaper on my phone. Like I can play with that all I want. So I don't think art is the best representation of what blockchain technology can do. I think blockchain technology is going to explode when it comes to contracts, when it comes to actual contracting in the real like i think it's gonna have some legal use some legal use and uh like commercial and professional usage but i sometimes i think that they i think that like the 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 flagship of blockchain they're using they're using the wrong medium i think they're trying to use art it's just another form of fucking up art it's just another form of bastardizing art making art something it isn't art should just be the natural outpour of creative expression and it should it, it's been commercialized and financialized and it's, I don't like it. Yeah, it's like, it's a good way to launder money, isn't it? Do you know? It's a great That's way. Like... It's, it is the way to launder money. <laughs> it is. Okay, so how, you know, in my city, Dallas is like a huge art scene. People are big collectors. So basically the entire market is purposefully hyperinflated by th these like internal collectors in these museums. So someone will, someone will procure a piece of art and they buy it for, let's say, let's just, let's say a thousand dollars. I'll, I, I procure a piece of art for $1,000. I'm going to lend that art. I'm going to get it. I'm going to procure it for X and then I'm going to get it, uh, um, evaluated. I'm going to get it by an art purveyor i'm going to get it evaluated at like three thousand dollars and e even though it's worth i haven't sold it yet i don't have that three thousand dollars but i'm still going to get someone to tell me and tell me that it's three th worth three thousand dollars even though i only purchased it for a thousand but now that i have that stamp of approval that it's three thousand now i'm going to lend it now i'm going to lend it to a museum and because i've lent it to a museum now i have a three thousand dollar tax write-off even though i've only spent a thousand dollars on it and that's per annum they can they can do that for every year so if they have if they lend it for two years then they have now six thousand dollars to write it just keeps snowballing even though their initial investment has only been a thousand and then they're going to get the art back and because it's been in a museum now it is worth more because it's been in the 
freaking museum. And so now your $1,000 investment is $10,000 for really no reason other than this 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 uh chain this this hyper it's 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 hyperinflation it's it there's no real value being created it's it's actually devaluing we don't really know we we don't really understand that but it's devaluing the art in a way to 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 manipulate it in this in this way but people you know people they say you know well i took that money to the bank so i don't know how you're saying it's devalued but there's something really hinky going on and oh and then what about banksy when we're talking about uh, no, boy. Do, you, do you think that's a real i, I just think it's banksy yeah you know, i think they're laughing all the way to the yeah banksy. all the time i do mm-hmm. banksy is a fictitious entity so banksy if you're not familiar he is the most iconic street artist and street meaning um uh, spray paint spray paint artist uh basically no one knows uh, who he graffiti. is. Graffiti. Graffiti. And no one knows the identity of Banksy, theoretically. Oh, there is, that, guys, that's code for there is no Banksy. But he, in his artwork, is stencils. It's stencil. Everyone's like, oh, he tagged something. But if you actually see how Banksy's art is applied, it's just spray painting through a stencil. There's nothing, and, and that stencil can be. Pr- Many, you know, anybody can make a stencil and print it, and then any hand can spray paint through that spent yeah. stencil. You take off the stencil, and it's perfect Banksy. There's no real. There's not. There's no real art. I've there. seen like documentaries on him and everything. You know, there's oh, like. Oh, and then the Banksy thing that went that sold and it was shredded. Is it Remember on that? Netflix? I think. Yeah, seen. Yeah, at, at Sotheby's. And it at, pops or up in all these. Yeah. Sorts all over the UK. Oh, back. I only see. I've never actually seen one on the wall. I've just seen it on on the news. But there's a just, Banksy in. There's a few Banksies in London, in uh, England. They're all over the show. Yeah, yeah it was one not over. long ago. And then they get Sheffield. I think. Yeah, and then okay. So there's like there's like walls that get tagged with quote unquote Banksy, and then that wall can't be like taken down, or I don't know. There's just something very. It, all these art, all these anonymous artists, I do wonder, I do wonder, I mean, I guess it's, I mean, as human vibration, in a way, I could say that I'm an anonymous artist because very few people know that I'm actually human vibration if I were just walking on the street. So in a way, I I, I appreciate and understand the power and value of having an, a, 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 a set of anonymity, you know, I feel a little bit more empowered to say things because I have that like fortress around me, I guess. But there is something about Banksy. I've ne- I, once I woke up, that was one of the first places I pointed in my, my art, my, the, the understanding of, of art. I was like, oh yeah, Banksy's definitely a character for sure. He's for sure just a, a, a figment and so, anybody with a stencil a can few, go out and do Banksy. Like rumors of who it can be, don't they? Like a couple, I've seen a couple of people who they like say it is and yeah. Do you like going to art galleries? Do you ever go like? Do I've look been. Around to, and I went to one in Edinburgh mm-hmm. not too long ago. Um, it was all right. First time I've ever been. Yeah, it's kind of a, a bit weird. Quiet thing. for me. Very quiet. <laughs> Very. It was um. It was nice though. I was there for a while. I took some pictures as well, and it was nice to. You know, going as it was like it was it was well, it was dated like all sorts of ages. I know. Then they go to like really really ancient. Depending on what kind of museum you go to, some are just you know some are just 
paintings and beautiful things on the walls. And then some are, you know, like the Egyptian room <laughs> where they have like ancient Egypt uh, uh, jewelry and, and pottery. And whenever, as human vibration, like since I woke up, whenever I, go, and I love, Dallas is a great art scene, Dallas and Fort Worth. They have be beautiful museums, excellent art scene. And I'm, I'm pretty into it. I, I, I enjoy it. But my enjoyment level or my enjoyment type is totally different now that I've, quote unquote, woken up. I just experience you look at it, it differently. all differently. So much differently. Like, I love looking at old stuff like the old graveyards, to be honest. You know, when I'm in these different oh, yeah. towns. And I like looking at the dates on them and stuff like that. And it's just at, at, at opposite this Scotland museum, they have this big, tall building. I took a nice picture of it. It's called um, the Scott Monument. Hmm. And I don't know how they built it. You can just see that they couldn't do that now, do you know? Oh, and that's the thing. I look at these sculptures in the, you know, and you look at these marble sculptures that they supposedly did in the 1400s. You're like, like, nope. An energy, a, 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 do you know, an energy conductor. I oh, seen yeah. somebody say it could have been that, do you know? It's just a nice, that's a could oh, be, like a you know, if you, if like you, a, oh, the obelisk. Yeah, if you have a look at like the, the Scott tower. Monument, it's. Scott Monument. Did you ever make it back to the uh, the Masonic Lodge in, in Scotland? No, no, I still need to go. I, yes, I still you still need to go. You need to go on a little field trip. How long? Oh, what is your gosh. path to Scotland? How what? It, how long does it take you to to get there? Is it by? I think it's about four four hours on a train or something. On a train. Yeah. yeah. I driving's a lot. Really want to go to it's Scotland. Probably easier for a train, you know. I've got these. My dad was kind of obsessed with Scotland. He had this one bottle of Glenmorangie aged scotch that he bought when he was, it was like in the seven, like when he had his first, his job took him, sent him around the world and he was probably in his, you know, mid twenties or thirties, but he bought this bottle of scotch from a distillery in Scotland and he kept it his whole life for like an important moment. And he, and he opened it up at, uh, it, well, I'm no longer married, so it's kind of weird, but he opened it up at my wedding, <laughs> and now I'm divorced. But <laughs> it was still, you know, like, there's something about Scotland that he thought was magical. He thought, he, like, really wanted, the, and he got, he had these, like, crystal glasses that he bought with it and brought them back, and now I have them. He got them in Edinburgh. And yeah, Edinburgh's a nice place. Yeah. It's really old, though. It's full of them buildings everywhere you go. It's them buildings everywhere you're like, look at that. <laughs> I, I just want to go... How did they build that? That's what I always that. think. I kind of want to walk in all of his in his footsteps because he passed away. He actually... Oh, this is, I don't think I've ever told the story, but my dad passed away just a couple of days after he walked me down the aisle at my wedding. He died of a heart attack suddenly. It was just... He walked me down the aisle. We had a beautiful thing a uh, uh, just the whole the whole day it was amazing he got he was spent the whole day with like basically basically it was like a going away party for him we just didn't realize it and uh yeah and then he, he and then he passed away but um and then i inherited all of his pegasus stuff so the it's funny that not it's not funny at all but it's it's um it's interesting that that's it's where it's the like pegasus a, that's where the pe well it's been pegasus. a lifelong thing the pegasus yeah. has been a lifelong thing because he always had pegasus stuff he worked for mobile oil and their logo is a pegasus and so everything he had his work bags his shirts his uh anything pens paper like it just had that pegasus symbol on it and then he was kind of obsessed with the pegasus and he got this nobody can see this. this is audio so horrible to translate but um, i got i have on a gold pegasus necklace you can see that rambo it's a gold yeah, necklace yeah. with a pegasus uh uh 
ch- chain and then a Pegasus symbol. And uh, he, used to, he used to wear this around his neck every single day of, of my life. And so when he passed away, now I wear it. And I think that I was always meant to wear it. I think that subconsciously maybe he was always preparing all of this stuff for me. And that this is just the way it was always supposed to be. Whenever I get kind of down or sad, I, I think about how how spooky it was. Oh, and my dad actually made me a conspiracy theorist before I even realized it. He was the one who told me that oil was never going to run out. He said, you know, because yes. he worked in petroleum engineering his entire life. That was his profession. He did deep water exploration. He was on those deep, deep, deep water rigs out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, he he told me, he said, you know, don't, don't, he said, there is no, there is no shortage. There is only a hand at the top holding the hose and constricting the flow. And that's OPEC. Um, the oil producing exporting countries, I think that's what OPEC stands for. And they just basically turn on and off the faucet. And when there's never a shortage, it's just who the regulators um, messing, manipulating the flow of, of how much oil can Yes. Distributed expensive and now time. what are your are your gas prices still so going we're up at over about, there? still going up it we're not rising anymore but they have they have um leveled out at a up. high at yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's high Same it's not going down that's for sure but we're not continuing to see the up and up and up and up and up crawl i think it's kind of leveling out it's still not where i want it to be it's still way too much. Yeah, double a, still. Double. It is double pretty much in it, you know. I've got a Mini Cooper as Crazy my vehicle. World. So it doesn't take that much gas. But still, I used to be able to fill up for less than $20. Easy. And now it's $50. Plus, $50 to $60, depending on where I fill up. Thankfully, it's a very efficient vehicle, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I remember in college, not in college, but when I first got my car, in high school, it took, cost me like $10. $10 to fill up. It was incredible. Uh, those were the days. <sighs> Man, I don't know. Like the inflation thing is unsettled. It's, it's deeply, deeply unsettling because everybody is watching their life savings dwindle. You know, there's a joke that you know, the retirement savings plan is called 401k. Everyone now is calling it their 301k because it's so diminished. The yeah. And, you know, people, I, I, really, I really feel for anyone with high amounts of debt and, and families and, you know, it's, it, it creates, because you really can't, can't plan on what your expenses are going to be because the inflation actually changes that like especially if you have high levels of debt like credit card debt if you, the inflation causes the interest rate to go up that's the whole so, point of it though isn't it like they just want everyone on the they want everyone they do on the want same everyone on credit they the want end, everyone yeah, on want, credit and yeah. they want everyone yeah everyone i mean it wasn't that long ago that we didn't have credit you just have what you had it really wasn't that long ago i think it was in like the 40s let me look that up when did when did credit start? I mean, there pr- previously, I'm sure. Um, 1989. Okay, no, that's credit scores. Um, okay, the first credit card, as we understand it in the modern sense, was created in the in 1950, the late 1950s. So it's the idea of of not uh, the idea of having debt of of carrying debt is is relatively new. And hyperinflation and periods of inflation 
that that's what it affects the most. It, it affects the level of debt you have. I have always been very scared of debt because I grew up in a household where we were just every month we were just a penny away from losing everything. You know, we were just a penny away from losing the house, a penny away from the, like we were just like skating by. My dad had a great job, but he also was a degenerate gambler. And so we would always be like, ee, ooh, ee, ooh, you know, we got this. And so there was like ebb and flow. And from that kind of chaos within the family, I just said to myself, like, if you, if you don't have the money, you don't, you're not going to buy it. And I've, I, I don't know why, but I, I took that mindset on as a, as a kid, as a kiddo. And I don't know very many kids that are like, I'm not going to use credit because I want to be solvent in everything that I do. You know, I, but I, I pay off every credit card to the penny at, at the month. I never carry a bar balance. It's, I never let myself get there. If I can't afford it, I don't buy it. Now that sounds like, you know, pie in the sky because life is different these days. Very few, I mean, we exist on credit. And that was the thing about owning a home. I will say this, the only time in my life, after after my, after my graduation and I paid off my student loans, I had a lot of scholarships, so my student loans weren't like a huge, huge burden. And I got a good job out of college, so I was able to pay those off pretty, within a couple of years, which is, again, that's kind of rare. Some people have their college loans until their 60s. Like doctors have their college loans almost their entire lives. But I remember, I just... I don't know. There was just something about, I kind of forgot what I was saying. I'm getting so passionate about it. But the debt, the debt element, I just remember never wanting to, to be, to, to be at the, at the whim of a creditor where like one day they could just say, you know, one day I owe $10, but then the next day they go, Oh, now, well now your, your rates change. So you owe 20. And it's like, what? How do I owe 20? I only spent, I only used you for 10. And there's all, all this like, and we were always maxed out on credit cards and maxed out on this. And so I, when I got my first credit card, I was kind of terrified. I was terrified to use it. And, um, I still have that fear. I still absolutely have that fear in me. For a long time, I would only use cash. I wouldn't even use my credit card. I would go. I would physically go. I mean, get get the cash out of the bank, and I would use that as my spending, because there was something concrete. Even though no money's real. Let's 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 be honest. No money's real. But there there was something about um, handing over the cash and getting the change back that felt real and i was really feeling it i was really feeling the well that's what they're the taking exchange. away though aren't they when you swipe that's a what card trying like, to take away it's like it's like yeah I'll, that's a hundred dollars let me just swipe my card versus counting out 120 220s 320s 420s you know 520s and handing it over you're like man that's a lot of 20 dollars bills I'm how really... many people now just pay with the phone that's oh ooh, 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 oh my gosh ooh. i resisted rambo for the longest time but literally this month or no, 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 we're only, it was, it was late, late last month. So less than two weeks ago, I put Apple pay on my phone. I, uh, never used it. it's, never uh, used I don't it. do it. Not that I've, not that I like, oh, now, like it's now same I'm like, thing uh, anyway, it doesn't really make a difference. Does it? It's, it's the same thing. It was more uh, convenience. It's like, don't they keep doing mm. here? They keep upping the touch with your debit card that you can up the touch with on, on anything. Just, you don't even have to, put it in anymore or put a pin in right. you just touch it yeah with well, apple pay you, you just keep yeah, exactly. up in the limit up phone. in the limit to the point where that's just what you do do you know that's what i think it'll be then it'll be like cash is dirty yeah do you know what i mean that's something it does kind of feel the dirty. way it's 
Go in. Although we've been exchanging dirty old Feels cash better than forever, nothing. and <laughs> I, there's there's I kind of I like I like the feel I like the feel of it. I th- I'm I think I actually inherited I inherited a lot of things from from my dad, but he loved holding cash in his hand. He just loved that feeling. It had it comes to do with his gambling background, and uh, now when you gamble, it's all digital anyway too, which is kind of strange. But back in the day, it was cold hard cash, and so I've got <laughs> stacks of. Stacks of Rizzler papers and I write on them five, ten, hundred. Their dollar bill to me. This, those, those, those. <laughs> that, it just, it's those no one believes papers? me that they are. Do you know that's all it is? If you enough people think... believe me that they was worth all that, then I do think that there's something magical rich, with money. Rich, you know, baby. <laughs> I think there's something magical with it. There's some. I think that we can like think ourselves wealthy. The real. The for me, what I have found is there's a trick to money, and that is being generous. Like when yeah. you currency, we've said when this you out, give, yeah. put it out, comes back to you. When whatever you give you generously, I, I it was because of my upbringing, but I used to be the type of person that if I went to dinner with a friend and we split the bill, but they might have gotten something a little bit more expensive. I mean, I would be doing it down to the penny. I would be calculating that in my head. I'd be like, oh, we're gonna split it, but they actually owe three more dollars than me. Maybe they can pay more in the tip. I mean, I was calculating those things like like crazy. I I, I was always thinking about about just everything. I wanted it to, like, because I was, so, I was so tight. I was so tight with my flow of my currency. And then, I don't know what I really, actually, you know, it was I, my ex-husband actually changed my view of money. He grew up extraordinarily poor and he was the most generous person I've, I'd ever met. He, he just had this way about him. Um, didn't seem to ever think about it. Didn't seem to ever, ever think about the money in, in a way. He just, he would just be the, always the first one to... Even if he couldn't afford it, he would be the one to like pay the the whole bill. I think it's just good karma, bad karma, like what Maybe. goes around comes around. Yeah, kind of thing. It's I, I he, but it that. changed my view, and now I I do the same thing. I'm I don't I don't try, I try not to let it. Like I'll feel that little spidey sense in the back going. You need to. But instead, like instead of thinking about it, like I'll just pay the whole bill. You know, and and I've noticed that. It's um like the, the the flow is we have to believe that the flow is constant. We have to like there's this there's a I think it's a biblical saying, but it's don't count the water that has already flowed past. Don't think about it. Like uh like don't think about the water that has already flowed downriver. Just trust that the source is going to continue. Like don't like a like even building of a dam to create ener- to create energy. You know, when you dam up water to create energy, there's there's almost like um there's almost like a degradation that happens when we do that because we it's almost like we're assuming that we won't have the energy later, so we need to conserve and collect it all now. And I don't know. I think that that's it's like, it's like a mindset too. Like don't da- don't create a dam. Don't create a dam in your in your flow. Just trust. Like, don't create a dam to conserve everything. Like, just trust that it will continue to flow and just have it be a naturally naturally flowing thing. I mean, we're we're mixing, like, the literal with the metaphorical. But I, there, I think because money's not real and because this place is magical, I do think we can com- combine those two concepts and understand that this is just a, this is just a, a, a totem, a token, a token in this world. 
And if you can change your mindset, you can actually change your ability to receive these tokens and to spend the tokens and just think of it in a different way. I used to be so miserly. That trust in you. Trust in yourself, trust in your initiative always. I That's do. What, I bet I bet on myself what, now. I bet I on never myself. used to do, yeah. Yeah. yeah Instead I of taking others' opinions and stuff. You got to bet on your, it, go, it goes or back what, to that. If book. someone else is doing copying someone else, you know. Oh yeah. You do you. You do you, boo-boo. Yeah. I don't you know. That's right, Rambo. You just got to follow your, you got to follow your intuition. You got to follow your heart. And I do think that if we apply ourselves to whatever makes us truly happy, whatever brings us joy. And you know, those tasks, we all have them. We all have that task that we can lose ourselves in. I mean, we've been going for 56 minutes here and time is, it's like time has just flowed like water. We could have been talking for five minutes. I don't, it doesn't feel... But if whatever that task is for you, whatever you can do that you can lose yourself in and 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 do it Just joyfully, I think that do there's it. do it. Do follow it. Follow it. Follow it. Follow your heart. Follow your true hearts. Follow your internal whatever ignites your flame, your passions, you know, whatever your hobbies, whatever you really want could do. And it, it may seem like, well, how on earth am I gonna make money off of that? Well, this is a magical place. You'll find out. Just do it and you will find out, you know? I think that we're so set on these mind on these. We just think that there's only one way to do it. You got to go to, you got to you know, be born and then you got to learn the language, and then you got to go to school, and then you got to go to work, and then you retire and you're dead. You know? And when you retire, you're so broken that you don't even you can't even enjoy what you've done and then that's it. And that's not the life that I necessarily want to live. I want to, I don't ever want to retire. I want to always do what I love. Uh, I, I would love to do this until I'm a, a feeble old lady talking about he is not real. You know, I would love, I would love to do this until I keel over and die. And I think that, I think we're doing, I think we're doing it, Rambo. I think we're doing it. We got to just keep on keeping on. And we'll see what the world world gives to us. But generosity see what this is, brings. Yeah, we'll see what this on that brings. note. As as, well, on that note, yeah, we'll. Well, I was gonna say like there really hasn't been much going on. Like we did the Uvalde the, there's, Yeah, there's a little bit. There's, there's... Anyway, we'll see. This is a good one. We'll thanks, see. thanks for chatting. And uh, everyone, just be generous and be generous of spirit and do what brings you joy. <laughs> okay, we'll talk later. Speak to you soon. Bye.